Hope you guys are all staying healthy. This is How to Build a Tip. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, watching the show live. I'm giving it a shot, watching live on YouTube so that you guys are watching, doing it live on YouTube so you can watch live, ask questions, and interact with the show. I have a really fun time doing it with Reform Jellical, and I was looking for a way to do it again with How to Build a Tent. Tried it for a little bit on another platform, but I thought I should give it a try on YouTube. I hear good things about it, and I see Marcus doing his thing over on his Crown's Right channel, which is, you know, he's doing a great job with that. So I thought I would do that today. Today, I want to talk about the reactions to the coronavirus from the government. I am more scared, and I don't mean to dis- diminish this at all. I am more scared of the government's fixes to the coronavirus than the coronavirus itself. Because you have people that have the mind of Saul Alinsky in the government. And you may be saying, who the heck is Saul Alinsky? Well, he was a guy who wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. And one of his signature lines, his signature lines was, don't let a crisis go to waste. And boy, does the government ever take that to heart and follow it. I have a coworker or a colleague, I should say, not a coworker, who cited that line to me in passing, not realizing where it even came from or would never have mentioned it in the workplace in a work type setting. Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. It's not really a book that you like to quote and throw around in the workplace whatsoever. But that's what our government does is they look for opportunities. And it's kind of funny how you're starting to see a theme in the states that are Democrat controlled versus states that are Republican controlled, where the most extreme things are happening, and we'll talk about some of them, are happening in Democrat controlled states. Now, I'm not saying one thing is right or the other. I don't know exactly what this virus is all about. It's still really strange to me that something that is synonymous or you can equate it with symptoms of the flu is causing this much drama, reaction, these quarantines, the stock market. It's really strange to me. I don't know about you. If you want to talk, text it or chat it, chat at me in the window and give me your thoughts on it. But it just seems really strange to me. So I think there is something to it. But I know there is something to the government wanting to take this opportunity to grab more control and to make us less free, which is a problem for us who have businesses, which is a problem for us who are looking to do investing because it impacts all of these things. It impacts our future. It impacts our opportunity, our vision, our um perception or our predictions about the future and if we think it's going to be a prosperous time or a a restrictive time where we're going to be going back and losing our rights. So that's why I want to talk about this today. And I just think it's really important for us to be reminding, reminding ourselves of this, that we should be suspicious of the government. Our country was founded on being suspicious of the government. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, you don't want to be paranoid although you could probably say those terms are synonymous. But you don't want to be obsessing with it where it rules and controls your life. But also, on the other hand, you want to realize that we have a crazy government. I mean, just look at what they did to Donald Trump in the election and after that. 
if you don't believe that crazy things can happen in the government, they can do things that impose on our freedoms, then you are paying attention. But at the same time, we want to be opportunistic about our faith. And when I was thinking about this on my drive to Costco for the second time in a row, or I've turned around and decided not to go because of how busy it is and how crazy the lines are to get into Costco. It's crazy. But I was thinking about this, is as Christians that are eternally minded, that fear off whatever it is, is we have such a great opportunity to do the same thing as not let a crisis go to waste, but not to grab power, not to steal freedom from individuals as a government, not to enlarge our government, to put us further into debt. But we have an opportunity to preach the gospel, to give people hope, to share the peace, the reason of the hope that is in us. And we need to be resolved. We need to be calm. We need to be people that can lead and put a step forward, put a foot forward and say, we need to trust God. We need to repent. We need to fall on his feet for mercy. And we need to trust him to take care of us through this time. That is what we should be doing as Christians. And what a great opportunity to do just that. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over to flfnetwork.com. Put in HTBT in a memo field. You'll get a sweet mug like that one right there. It says HTBT, how to build a tent, 15 ounces. It's a sweet mug. I love it. You can fit all four fingers. We went to Ikea the other day to buy some more mugs. Well, actually to buy a bunch of just random things. And <laughs> I went to, we were going to go buy mugs. I put my, couldn't even put like two fingers in the mugs. This, I can put all four fingers and I got big hands. Um, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. But the really important thing is all the benefits you get. You get tons of great content that David continues to put out. You may know him as Chocolate Knox. Get $100 off our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference, which is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal. And that is October 1st through 3rd. So you go if you're going to go to the conference, you need to become a subscriber. You're losing money. And plus, you get all of those other great benefits as well. What else? You can email me, Matt, howtobuildatent.com. Find me on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. Subscribe to me on YouTube because I'm starting to do this stuff live and you can come join me. I've been, I'll probably be doing them in the evenings, 7.30, 8 o'clock Eastern time, just when I'm off work, when I do do them. So come join me. It'll be fun. Really look forward to interacting with you guys on this show content and get instant feedback and I can change the show and add comments real time and you can be part of the show. It'd be really cool. So uh, go jump on the chat on the YouTube. Almost like it was just the perfect timing from yesterday's show. Amazon announced that they need to pay their workers more and hire 100,000 new workers for all of the demand that they are getting from this coronavirus scare or this not scare, just the coronavirus outbreak. It's interesting to see the demand curve shift and the need to hire employees. What we talked about yesterday is price gouging profiteering are good. It helps regulate. It helps to ration products. It's the most efficient way to ration goods in a free market economy, in any economy, really. But I mean, it's designed to do that in a free market. And what would happen if Amazon was able to do this and to raise prices? Well, they would be able to pay their workers even more. They would be able to hire even more workers faster. And they would be able to incentivize new workers to come on the scene faster and to be able to um, supply 
and to provide products that we are demanding. I mean, we're demanding 100,000 new workers worth of, uh, of people. And I say that because this isn't just happening in Amazon. It's happening in all the supermarkets. We're seeing the shelves being cleared off. We see, on the, we see this too on social media. People are saying, well, look, if it happens in socialist companies, it happens in the private, private capital, or I'm sorry, capitalist countries and the private industries. So you can't rag on socialism. It happens in both. But the difference is, is in a socialist country that those products are running out because there are no more and because there's no incentive to get more on the shelf. But in a capitalist society where you're allowed to charge whatever price you want to, those shelves have incentive or the, the companies have the incentive to supply those store or to resupply those shelves as fast as possible because they're losing profits that they could be making. And so I guarantee the shelves on the American stores that are cleared off are going to be replaced a lot faster than the Venezuelan stores. And they're probably still empty over there in Venezuela. It's been going on for a couple of years. The shelves have been empty for about two days in America, and they will be restored. I mean, they will be reshelved and restocked within the week. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt that even when there are momentary shortages of things, that because there is this drive to make profits, that there will be in the next couple of days more shipments of goods to replace them. It's no, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm not scared that I'm not going to see any more bread or toilet paper ever again. I know we're going to see them again. It's just a matter of when and how fast the supply chain works. Okay, we got a lot to get into. I want to talk about some of the things that Donald Trump's trying to do. And I know he's a pragmatist. He doesn't think from a conservative philosophy standpoint in the long term. He's just thinking about getting things done and getting things solutions done right in the beginning. But there's some things that we just need to think about and have an identity of as an American society. Like, who are we as Americans? It's a really important thing for us to be thinking about because when we come into these hard times where we have to make hard decisions, it's really easy just to take the easy way out, to take the quick fix, the quick relief, like give me money, infuse cash, quantitative easing, all of these things. But they're not necessarily good. In the long term, they could hurt us more than they're helping us in the short term. And so if we have an identity of who we are as Americans, like we used to have, we don't really have it anymore, I don't think. But it will help us in these times as well. We need to talk to you about Kingsman Grooming Products. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. They're on my face. They're on my skin. They're everywhere. They have great quality products for making your beard soft, making it shaped the way you want it to, having aftershave lotion, the, the wax, the oils, all that stuff. It's so good. It feels good. It smells good. It's not overpowering. It's a Christian company, and you get 10% off when you use HTBT. So go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Go check out what they have. And give it a try. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. Go over there, support a Christian company, get great quality products that you're already using. You might as well support a Christian company. You'll get 10% off and you get to upgrade to higher quality stuff. So go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Speaking of the bread lines and the empty shelves, one of the things that Donald Trump said three hours ago or so before we started recording this was that yesterday Donald Trump spoke with the grocers and supply chain, he's saying, we are confident that the supply will continue to meet demand nationwide. These beacons of our community will remain open for you no matter what. We are working hard to remove any barriers to that effort. I just love, I absolutely love 
Donald Trump's mindset with solving these problems. It's not a government problem to solve. It's not for the government to come up with the sole solutions. But he understands the power of the American culture, the American community, the country of America. He understands what it is. It is the private sector. It's what we. It's what won us World War II. Is our production. It's what helps us get through these crises. It's what allows us to get the food that we need. It's the private sectors, the private se- sector, the supermarkets delivering, the Costco's being open, and he's using these people. And he's using. He's talking with them. He has Target coming. He has Walmart coming. He has press conference with them, and he's working with them to get the goods needed to distribute to distribute to the people that need it. I love it. That's how we should always be working. If in there, if there's ever government intervention specifically to remove barriers, the vehicle, the vessel, the delivery channels should always be the private sector because they do it the best. They do it the most efficient way. And it doesn't create government overreach and it doesn't create growing of the government, which is really kind of an important thing. But another thing I just wanted to say about this, though, is you should thank your workers at the grocery store next time you're there. They're being exposed to thousands of strangers that they could have the coronavirus. They don't know, but they're showing up to work. And you know they're not getting crazy bonus pay. They might be getting overtime, double time, hazard pay, something like that. Who knows? But if the stores were able to you know, raise their prices and profiteer and price gouge, then they could really incentivize their employees and pay them a lot more. But they can't. So they're not getting paid that much. So... Next time you're in the store and in any time in the next couple of weeks and there's somebody working there, just tell them thank you for doing what they're doing. That will go a long way because I guarantee they don't want to be there, but they are there for their job, for money, and they are serving you. So just be gracious and hospitable, or not hospitable, but be nice, gracious to them. Okay, so there's this huge thing going on. Now, there's crazy people like Mitt Romney who is going down the way of Andrew Yang, Wang Yang, Yang, Andrew Yang, who now says that we should give $1,000 to everybody because of the coronavirus. $1,000. Now, I don't want certain news outlets to do the math on that because it's sometimes math too hard for a news pundit. But $1,000 per American is a lot of money that we don't have, guys. And if we start now, and this goes back to our identity, before we were self-sufficient, self-starters, we were rugged individualists, entrepreneurs, we were settlers of the Wild West. But if we become some country that just starts paying people for their problems and expects the government to start giving us money when hardships come, like our parents when we're teenagers, that is going to negatively impact our culture for centuries to come if we get into the mindset that we are going to get bailed out just like big corporations i don't think they should get bailed out either but they have the understanding and mindset now that when bad things happen they're going to get bailed out just look at the american the airline industry they want 50 billion dollars from us to put on our credit card so that they don't have to borrow money or they don't have to restructure in bankruptcy we can't go down this road. Anything that Mitt Romney suggests, just do the opposite. He's one of those people that you could just do the opposite of what he says and you'll be better off. And people are talking about extending paid family leave, 
sick leave and all these things. And there's all these liberal agendas being shoved, shoved down the pipeline to get the government to push on us because we'll be more accepting of it because we're in crisis time and never let a good crisis go to waste. We're desperate. We're panicking. We're fearful. And government, just whatever you do, just do something. I don't care if it's bad. Just do it. We have that mindset. And so they know it and they're going to try to push this crap down our throat and it's going to hurt us in the long run. These short-term solutions are long-term problems for us and the problems far outweigh any relief that we we're going to get. And I was going to go through a whole bunch of articles, but we're already running out of time because I went long. But there's this tone that layoffs are already happening, that supply chains are already broken, that there's all of this disaster and devastation that's already happened after the first couple of weeks. And we need the government God to save us. Just realize that's a narrative and realize that it is sensationalism. It's a purposeful and it's strategic to get to a goal that they want. They're already trying to they're already trying to pitch single payer healthcare and some of this stuff. They're already trying to pitch more and more government intervention in healthcare. And we need to be smart, we need to be wise and we need to reject it. So Donald Trump said the United States will be powerfully supporting those industries like airlines and others that are particularly affected by the Chinese virus. We'll be stronger than ever before. And that gives me the chills. That concerns me in a lot of respects because of the history of what the government has done. In 2008, the government did a lot of things that didn't work. And you might say, but it saved us from the crash. It saved us from the bottom. Guys, we were already at the bottom. How fast did we get up from the bottom? Not very fast. We didn't recover very fast. And so the, well, if we didn't do it, it would have been far worse. Or if we didn't do it, it would have taken us longer. I don't believe that for one second. From looking at the data, from looking historically at recoveries from recessions, from the depression, the recovery wasn't great. It's not a case study on how we should go forward and bailing people out. We shouldn't bail out companies. At least we shouldn't be doing it for free and just giving them money. Now, there is one thing that is being proposed that I honestly am okay with that the government pays for, and that is free testing for this because it is such a health risk and it's a one-time thing, like going around giving people these tests and providing for it. If there was like a nuclear blast that happened, like Chernobyl in Russia, and we had the government testing people for radiation, we wouldn't be upset about it. And I know it's not that extreme, but it's a virus that it can impact the public good. It can impact all of us. It can impact the communities around us. So if the government it wants to pay for testing for us to make sure that we're not spreading the diseases to people, the virus to people, okay, I'll get it. Fine. I'll give you that one. But that's far from single payer. But when we talk about things like the airlines, let me propose this solution instead. Instead of just giving them the $50 billion that they want, we should at least do it in a way where we, the American people, are getting value back. And I said it on Twitter. I retweeted Donald Trump. I hope he saw it. Not so that he would retweet me or so. Obviously, he's not going to do that. But I hope he saw it for this reason, that we need to get something for it 
for the American people. If we are going to give them $50 billion, then we better get something back for it. And it should be something as simple as this. In the government, we have lots of people that travel. The army, the military, the Department of Defense. We have State Department. All of these different agencies that fly around. And we use their services. So if we are going to give you $50 billion, which I'm not even convinced really we need to, but if we do, if we need to save you from restructuring, see, this is the other thing. And when we, when individuals think of bankruptcy for businesses, they think of bankruptcy in like their own terms where we're going to lose everything. The bank's going to take away all of our stuff. But there are different kinds of bankruptcy. And oftentimes when industries or big companies like Delta, American Airlines, all these companies, they do go through bankruptcy. It's a restructuring type of bankruptcy where they're going to come out of it. They're not going to stop doing service, but they're going to restructure their debt and they're going to continue on. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But if we're going to give them $50 billion, this is what they should do. We should be prepaying $50 billion plus of airline tickets for all the travel that we're going to need. We shouldn't have to pay for airline tickets for $50 billion plus of in the future. If we're going to do this, fine. We'll prepay our tickets. We'll, it'll be our, like a loan. But you're going to give us the money back in tickets in the future. And it's going to be more than $50 billion because you don't get a free loan. If you weren't prepared for disaster like this, if you weren't prepared for taking a hit in the market like this, what were you going to do in a real recession? What were you going to do when it was just a normal recession, not one that was caused by the incompetent Chinese? And so it, the burden is on you, airline company, or any other industry. We'll prepay and we'll buy these tickets, but you are going to give us them in the future at a greater cost than what we're paying for right now. And that is a way where I could stomach it. That is a way where I could feel good about giving the airlines money. Because we're not just giving them money that we wouldn't be giving anyone else. Prepaying for things is a thing we do all the time. We do it with our subscriptions where we'll pay 12 months of a monthly subscription for a discount of 10, 15%. It's a legit, legitimate business model, a business structure. So if we're going to do it, that's what we would need to do. And we should do it for every single industry that we are going to give money to. We should stop giving these interest-free loans. We should stop just giving this money for people to have. But we should always be getting it a return on our investment as the American people. I hope Trump is thinking this way. He's a businessman. He's not like these politicians that have just been politicians their whole lives. And so I hope he sees that. And I hope he um, considers taking that advice. Don't just give the airlines $50 billion, but get tickets in return. And we will use them. We are we do pay for airline tickets as the government, as the public industry. Why not get them in a deal like this? Thanks for watching live for those of you who joined. If you haven't, subscribe on YouTube. Be on the lookout, 7.30, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Going to be going live more often. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.